You are listening to the Forkman and Cham podcast. Make sure you sub now at iTunes, Spotify, and check them out on Facebook as well. And g'day, 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 and welcome to episode number 54 of the Forkman and Champ podcast. Unfortunately, the champ couldn't be with us tonight. He's kind of busy, and, well, we did try calling Simo the lawnmower guy. He couldn't come on, but I did I did have a guest already organised, so right now let's do a show with our guest, Brian Madigan. Welcome back to the show. Bookman, thank you for having me. You're welcome. How have you been this year in 2021? The last time we spoke was just before Christmas. Yeah, it was too. We were doing our little predictions and, you know, the and stuff like that. Look, yeah, look, 2021, it seemed to start off really, really well. And then, uh, especially for us here in New South Wales, it, it went south quite quickly. So, uh, geez, I don't know how long we've been in lockdown now. Probably... Six or seven weeks, I think it is, or you yeah, know, like, like, I don't know anymore. Something like the started, neither started June or something, or middle of June or something like that. Something like that, yeah. It, you know, there was a soft lockdown sort of in the beginning, and then it, you know, it spiraled out of control, and we are full blown lockdown. And what then, are you gonna do? yeah, and then Uncle Dan returned here after his time off work due to his mm. uh, supposedly. Falling down the stairs. Well, that's a story, isn't it? Yeah. That um, is. Yeah. So he he's come back. He uh, come back and he's like, <laughs> the stabs that he been giving your premier. I'm like, hang on a minute. You were in this boat twelve months ago, and he you weren't you weren't taking anybody else to the fight. Yeah, unfortunately, I think with the lockdowns. They have become so politicised that uh, the premiers from pretty much every single state have decided to use it as a um, as a look. We're doing this better than you, and you know, one state's taking a stab at the other state. Like New South Wales isn't innocent in all this. She was, you know, saying her things when you guys were in your horrible lockdowns last year that were extremely strict. I think she was gloating about how she had the gold standard and, you know, that she would never become like Victoria's lockdowns and all that sort of stuff. So none of them are innocent in all of this. Um, I just wish they would stop using it as political points against each other to say, you know, look at us, Scotty, we're doing better than the other one. Yeah, but and they, ain't they like in the same party, I'm sure? Like, like both Labour or... No, I'm glad he's, he's part of the Liberal. Okay, yeah. For some, uh, for some reason, I thought he was Labour. No, yeah, no, no. They're all over the shop. So you know, um, it's hard to tell. All the all the political parties, you know, they're all having their um, their stabs at each other as well. And that's what that's what is annoying me the most is that it's become so politicized that that's what's now lost in all of this. Yeah. You know, like our party's doing it better than you, our state's doing it better than you, we're doing this better than you, we're doing that better than you. And frankly, I think the Australian public is just sick of it. Yeah, no, I, I get it, man. I, I'm, I kind of tune out of the news now whenever a, a story about the fires come on. I'm like, no, I'm not listening to that. I'm not watching yeah. that it's because they're all stabbing one another in the in the back, I'm better than you, you're better than no, we're better, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, I think the entire 
public, uh, especially in New South Wales and Victoria, have got COVID fatigue. Um, yeah, I think the other states are, you know, they're doing okay with it. You know, Queensland had their little mini lockdown that they managed to get out of quite quickly. So they're doing okay. And now there's talk about how it's it's close to Byron now and they're going to have to, you know, shut the border from there. Uh, like you said, you know, anything that comes on, especially with any sort of mainstream media outlet, I just see it as that they're, they're fear-mongering and they're just, you know, doing it for clicks basically. So I just, I don't pay attention to anything that they say. Yeah. If we're, <laughs> I get it. If you want to be anywhere at the moment that is basically COVID-free, it would be down in Tasmania. Yeah, I mean, they've got that, they've got that benefit of being, you know, so isolated from us. You know, they can easily stop the boat and the planes. And you know they can they can get, get along quite easily, so they've they've got it pretty good down there. Although uh, the only thing that I wouldn't like being there is how cold it would probably be there right now. But I'm sure they're doing fine. Yeah, <laughs> the the cold could be a good thing actually. Actually, well, I mean, depending on which expert you listen to and who, which scientists you believe, you know, they from what I've read is that. You know, the sun is the best thing. And at the moment in New South Wales, you know, we've got lots and lots of sun, even in winter, but they're still discouraging people from going outside for exercise. It's something I don't I don't understand. Yeah. Like if, if they, if science is saying the sun is better. Yeah. You, know, you got to get, a, get, a, get vitamin C. Vitamin D. Yeah. Is, um, they've all sort of said that it helps, yet... They're arresting people, well, not in New South Wales, but, you know, they were arresting people for going walks in Brisbane. Uh, it's it's getting a bit getting a bit too crazy. Yeah. We'll move along now. The the Olympics this year, they were, they were nice. Did, did you see any? You know what? Didn't watch a single minute. I thought I, I thought you were going to say that. I never remember. Would Odie slash Brian an Olympic fan or...? Was he more of a? I think, jeez, uh, I I always sort of looked at it in the peripheral, and you know when we won golds and all that sort of stuff, you know I was like, yeah, good on them, well done, they've trained really hard, and I don't know what it is about this year, but I just did not care, and I know I should, you know, yeah. like our athletes did quite, they did relatively well. I think they finished on what sixth, yeah, or fifth, sixth or fifth, one of them. Yeah, that's the only thing that I kept an eye on. I kept an eye on the med- medal tally, and I noticed that they were doing pretty well, keeping up there, with, especially with you know China and the United States, to you know remain in the for quite a while. They were in the top five, and then they just slipped out uh, into the top six. Uh, I was stoked for the people individually, but th- there was just something about this year that it just didn't feel like an event. Yeah, because, there were know, no crowds. You, yeah, well, that's it. People couldn't go, uh, so it just it lost all interest for me. But then, then I gotta say, at the soccer, they did have some school kids in there. Oh yeah, yeah. And I'm like, hang on a minute, they did no crowds, but then you have school kids in there. Mm, I don't know. Maybe yeah. No, apparently they were from like a boarding school or something. 
Okay, they must have gotten some sort of special okay. provision, you know, that they can only be on one side of the stand and they can't come within, you know, fifty feet of the uh, of the players themselves. Who knows? Yeah, but I'd be like, hang on a minute, do a little content display. You're in like kids in, but you don't like have a spectator in. Yeah, well, the, look, something that I did take notice of. One, I mean, I'm not big on uh, TikTok or anything like that, but I know a lot of the uh, the uh, what do you call them? The athletes are. One of them did release a video showing, you know, what it's like uh, living in the in the village. That part sort of interests me. Now showing, um, I got to tell you, did they show the beds? No, no, no. She, they, she wasn't showing the bed. She was showing the the uh, athlete village food hall, which was something I never really thought about. Uh, how how they were fed while they're there. I in initially in my mind, I just assumed it would be like. Um, uh, just being in a hotel, you know, like room service would come and drop off, you know, your meals and all that sort of stuff. But it's this massive, massive hall. And, um, you know, all around the perimeters of it is all different types of cuisine. And the athletes just rock up and, you know, they if they feel like Chinese food for one day, they can grab some Chinese. If they feel like some Italian or or whatever, they can go grab some Italian food. There's fast food out, obviously. You know, there's Maccas and all that sort of stuff. There's a mini Maccas in there. And it's it's all part of their life while they're there for those couple of weeks. And I'm taking a David David or socialize somehow, even then. Like you're you're not gonna like be rude if someone said hi to you. Yeah, well, I think when they first walk through the door, then then they have to uh, sanitize and then put on a pair of really quickly disposable gloves, and then. I think they sat down at a table which was sort of separated by plexiglass and all that sort of gear. So they they could sort of see each other and they could talk to each other, but they'd have to obviously like raise their voice quite a bit because they're talking through a mask. Yeah. Once they finish their feed, um, they'd have to take the gloves off, put it in the bin, sanitize again, and then, you know, uh, put another pair of gloves on and then they would have to leave. Wow, do they had to very... they had to eat with their gloves on? I think so, yeah. From what I remember seeing it, it was just it was so regimented that, you know, uh once they grabbed their food and they ate with that food, that pair of gloves would have to come off and then they'd have to put on another set just to uh continue on and leave. And you know, the I, I, I even think that the mask that they were wearing when they first got in, uh, they'd have to take that off and put, be put aside because they need to eat. And then when they're finished eating, they put on a brand new mask as well. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Can you imagine them like going down to the local food hall to get a feed and having to glove up? Well, um, as, as what you were saying a second ago, like um, uh, how they're socializing, I don't think it's the socializing that we're probably all used to hearing the stories about from previous Olympics. I think they yeah. cramp, uh, crack down on that quite heavily. Yeah, they they also they also had different beds this year. They're, yeah, they used some kind of recyclable. Yeah, I I did see one of the videos from one of the guys, and he sort of took apart his bed and he showed it, and yeah, it just looked like very hard cardboard, um, particle type board. Yeah. In the last podcast, the champ and I spoke about it, how they had a bonk ban this year. 
David, so they say. So they say, yeah. David, like, given condoms and like, I've supposedly told not to use them. I'm like, okay, if they were told not to use them, what was stuffing them for not using them in the first place and still bonking? Yeah, I mean, none of it made sense, but still at the same time they had to be, um, they had to be safe in regards to, you know, it's like, well, we can't force them not to do these things and we can try and implement a bed that apparently will collapse under the weight of two people. But I did see one of one of the gymnasts or something, even though they're not the heaviest people, but he was a bloke. He jumped on his bed and did a couple of flips on it and it didn't collapse. Yeah. <coughs> Pardon me. And so now, so we've had you on the podcast a couple of times now, a few times now. But I have never asked you, what kind of music are you into? Um, well, being a kid of the 90s, um, my sort of formative music moulding came from the, the grunge movement because um, that was around the 92, 93, 94 mark when it was massive. So I'm, you know, I'm like 13 years old and that's when I sort of really started discovering music. So that... That sort of genre stuck with me from there on out. Anything with guitars, bass, drums, uh, and a good singer, I'm, I'm all about it. When I moved to the Gold Coast, uh, sorry, when I moved to the Sunshine Coast and the Gold Coast to be a music director, uh, I moved to a very heavy pop-focused radio station. And... I sort of I had to put my personal music taste aside because it just, it, you know, the, the top 40 music at the time, that it just wasn't the genre that was, um, that everyone wanted to, to listen to. So in a sense, you know, my music taste adapted to what I had to program for people and what they wanted to listen to. Um, so I didn't mind it. I didn't hate it, but, um, Mind you, since I moved back and started working for Gold and WSFM, because they're so 70s and 80s, you know, uh, music balance, I've sort of rediscovered a love for that. They're, they're not quite ready to jump into the into the 90s yet. Like, they're getting there. They're in there a little bit, but they're not fully there, if that makes sense. Yeah, not fully there. Not quite. Um, so... <laughs> it, it, it's a It's a wide-ranging like uh the current form of of popular music i just i don't get at all and i don't like it either it's i'm sure if i had if i was to move into another top 40 station uh, i would learn to like it again but you know where i work i've got the guys from kiss just you know across the hallway and i walk over there to talk to them sometimes i'm listening to what they're playing it's like jesus this is so bad it's so bad um, but, you know, I'm listening to, you know, masters like Queen and Dire Straits and In Excess and all that sort of stuff all day, where it's something that I call requires talent. Yeah. You know, not to dunk on these people too hard because, you know, most of the time they're sampling all that music for their own purpose. Yeah. Um, i got to ask, being, being in the same building as Kiss, do you um, ever bump into Kyle? I I sort of bump into him every now and then because um, I start later in the day um, just for car park purposes and, you know, my day starts at 10 o'clock. 
So there are occasions where he's not still on the air at 10 o'clock. So most of the days he's, he's still going until 10 o'clock, but there's the odd occasion that it, they will finish up just before 10 and we'll just pass each other in the hall. Uh, sorry, in the, uh, ele- in the elevators, you know, I'm coming out and he's going in and, you know, we just say g'day to each other. I mean, he wouldn't know me from a hole in the wall anyway. Yeah. We, we met, we actually met a long, long, long time ago when I was working for triple M and he was working for, um, for two day. And I went up to the roof. I can't remember why, but he was up there on his own having a cigarette. And I can't remember when I was testing something out or something stupid. And I said, g'day to him there. And, you know, he, he had a, we had a little chat for about five minutes and he was actually really, he's a really, really nice guy. He, he loves the industry. And cause he was asking me what I did and he was, you know, super supportive of it. And he was, you know, he was cool. Yeah. No, I'm going to tell you, he, didn't he just like recent they recently just furnished someone's house? Um, look, it, I I don't know exactly what happens because I don't really pay that much attention to them. Like I see some of their stuff passing through on my socials. Um, one of my good friends is the EP of the show, and you know, uh, we try not to talk about work whenever we do yeah. chat. Um. But I, I I do recall seeing something about him furnishing a, furnishing a house for for someone. I don't know what the story would be though. I'm sorry. Yeah, I've I've ever followed this enough. Who remember he had done it rough and they they kind of saved his life. Oh wow! Yeah, that's not when he turned on the radio and they were on. Oh, that's cool. It stopped him from doing something that wouldn't. Uh, I understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Very good. But anyway, anyway, anyway. So, um, back to the, um, music thing. Are we going to, ah, you've done music scheduling. Is that a hard job to do? Um, so when it comes to music scheduling on, on, on a radio station, any radio station, basically what it is, is, um, the simplest analogy I can sort of give you is putting together a, a jigsaw puzzle that constantly changes. Now, what I mean by that is, um, so we give every single song a different category. It's not just one category. It's possibly three or four different categories, sometimes even more than that. Because we want to define what the song is. For example, is it from the 80s? Is it from the 90s? Is it from the 2000s, 70s, etc.? So that's just one of the categories. Uh, is it a rock song? Is it a pop song? Is it a dance song? That's another category that we go through. How fast is the song? How slow is the song? It's another category. Uh, is it a male? Is it a female singer? It's another category. So once we've gotten all our songs and we put them in their categories, Basically, what we want to do is put the first song in and whatever the next song is, it can't be the same as the one that was directly above it. So it can't be the same four categories or five categories. We say, well, if it's got categories A, B, C, and D, then the next song needs to be D, C, B, and A, if that makes some sort of sense. Yeah, that makes sense. So I don't want to have two, you know, fast, loud rock songs straight back to back 
I want to go on a sort of a roller coaster ride. I want to have, you know, all right, we're going to start on that fast, hard rock song. Cool. Then we might just dip down into, you know, some Richard Marx. And then we might do a Kylie dance song. And then we might go down to an Elton John ballad. And then we might jump straight back up into something really, really fast, like, you know, better by uh, the Screaming Jets. So every single hour that I schedule, I've, you know, I've got a blank slate. And whatever I put in that first, slot i've got to then make the rest of the hour work or sometimes i've got to figure it's like well that's not going to be the best song to start off with i've got to start off with this song because then the next hour comes through together so every time i schedule an hour of music like i said it's like all right i've got a i've got a puzzle here but as soon as i lay down that first puzzle piece everything changes from what the puzzle looks like yeah and I, I guess then you also have to take into consideration if the state and they're doing any like promotions at that time too. Like, uh, yeah. Um, like sometimes say they, they were doing like the um, Nova Peak Work Day or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, um, that won't really affect that too much because we know, you know, we've got to play a song twice here. From you know, we'll play it first in the nine a.m. hour, and then we'll do it again in the three p.m. hour or something like that. Um, but we do have occasions where, um, the hour does get dictated by, um, by promotion that we might be doing at the time, you know, like we could be doing a promotion, something all about the eighties, you know, eighties triple plays and stuff like that. So then we will say, all right, well, this hour must have, you know, halfway through the hour, three eighty songs from this year. So that sort of throws a puzzle out and it's, you know, people call up and they tell us what those 380 songs uh, that they want, if they wanted to request it or something like that. So it, it, it can change depending on the, um, the promotion that we're running. And that, that would be, would that, I'm not too sure, but if like, they're doing something like free songs where they can request them, is that like, did the person in the studio take care of, Logging those songs no. in, or no, 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 dude. it's all yeah. So uh, if I'm usually now, if you watch it, any radio station, if they're doing anything that comes to requesting music, they're pushing everyone through to the website because that benefits me. Okay. So what happens is people jump on the website, they go, yeah, I want to request this song, this song, this song, and then all that information gets spewed out to me. Then that way, I can plan a couple of days ahead of what of what they want. Ah, uh-huh. and then they. Every now and then, every now and then, just depending on what's going on, uh, one of the jocks might run out of the studio and go, you know, I just got this great caller. They were actually up, they were vibey, and they really, really wanted me to play this. And they'll tell me what the song is and if it's within the realms of what the radio station is. So, you know, like if Phil was to, Ugly Phil was to run out and go, I just got the greatest caller and he wants to request T-Pain, I'm not going to play it. There's no point. Yeah. It's not it's not in line with the radio station. But if you know if if it's you know a great if they requested some queen song that's you know that's still fine. And I'll I'll quickly look through my schedule and I go, you know what? Yep, dude, it's cool. Let's throw it in. And we'll put it in. Okay. So okay, so hi for Federally with their birthday in lockdown. Oh, I'm gonna heat some cream. I want to break free. Yeah. Like that? Yeah, 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 exactly. So if if uh, 
Phil or, uh, or Steve came running out and told me, you know, that they wanted to hear that. Then I, you know, again, I just looked through the schedule and if we, if we played the song the previous day in the same hour, I'm going to say no. Yeah. But if what in the same hour, you'll be like, yeah, sure. Yeah. But you know, yeah, if it fits. Some like they when the funny things about these jocks is when they get those calls, they want to do it straight away, and sometimes it can't be done straight away. And I'm like, you know, say, can you just we'll do it next hour? And they, you know, they go, okay, yeah, no worries. So it it, it's possible. And then when so when you're scheduling, do you allow for when like the jocks have to talk? So what we've got. Um, is basically a pre-selected format. So we come to the decision uh, a couple of times a year, you know, when we decide to shake things up, you know, we sort of move things around a bit. And so we say, all right, you're going to talk at the top of the hour. We'll let three songs go past and then you'll talk again. Uh, we'll let another three songs go past and then you'll talk again. So we, we format that out for them. But when it comes to my guys, I sit there and I say, Look, I'm going to implement the standard format. If you don't want to talk into that song because you've you've got something that you want to talk about going to the song before it or the song after it, just do it. If you can make a great break out of it, I would rather make I'd rather have you make a great break uh, into a song that you really want to talk into rather than being pigeonholed into you must talk here. I never like that idea, and I think it gives. Um, the on-air announcers a lot more freedom to be creative with their with their hour that they have. Yeah, and I'm guessing you would have learned of being like from on air when you were on air, being like what you what you would have liked to. Um, I I never yeah. I'm just trying to remember back. Um, I never had that problem running a gold because I was sort of second in charge there and I implemented the same rule while I was there. Um, there was times on the Gold Coast where they basically said, you you know, uh, you must talk into this song always. And if the song only had a two-second intro, you've got two seconds to talk. Um, so that I hated because... Two seconds, just, wow. That's That was the rule. So you had, I mean... Basically, sometimes you could, you'd have to talk like you're at the end of one of those commercials, and you would say to them, "I said, guys, I can't do this in in two seconds." And they just said, "That's where you've got to talk. That's where you've got to talk." So wow. it wasn't fun. Well, yeah, nah. <laughs> moving moving along now. So, um, I've got a. I'm not too sure. Have you ever? Have you ever? Been to say like cold or Woolworths, Woolies, and have had something paid for by the person in front of you, like a random act of kindness kind of thing. I know what you're talking about. Uh, no, I have never seen that myself, and it's never happened to me personally. No, has it happened to you? Yeah, I so during our first lockdown. Mm. When we when they had limits on grocery items like milk and whatnot, there was this um family, this 
grandma and her two grandkids. And, well, because they could only get two things of milk, they couldn't get a milk for their granddaughter. And I'm like, I'd see them in the um, aisle and I heard what they said to... They left. I, w- I wouldn't actually get there to get milk myself, but I got milk. Yeah. Milk. So I got them milk and then this bottle of milk and I waited at the front of the supermarket until they came out. I'm like, sorry, I heard you had this trouble getting, like, being able to get the milk you needed. And I handed it to them and then this grandma... Mm. Ended up giving me like a twenty dollar note. I was like, no, I can't take that. And she was like, no, take it. You did, did something for us. So I'm doing something for you. Yeah, I wish. Um, th- th- I mean, that's a really kind thing that you did there, and it's you know something that hopefully we can see a lot more of. Um, and I don't know if it's going to happen currently in these sort of lockdown procedures because whenever I go to the grocery store right now. The, the place that I go to, everyone just wants to seem to get the hell out of there as quickly as they can because uh, I think they're just completely over it. Yeah. So maybe post-lockdown, you know, when people are feeling a little bit more at ease, you know, those little random acts of kindness because I don't think we have those sorts of restrictions here currently. Um, not that I've seen uh, where I am when it comes to, you know, quantity that yeah. you're allowed to purchase. I think we had it initially when everyone went crazy and started stocking up on everything. Yeah. During the big two lockdowns, they had limits here, but then, like, suddenly they haven't had to, like, have admit limits because people are like, oh, back into lockdown, we're going to have things. Yeah, I think there was the initial panic of the first lockdown, especially uh, for you guys, that everyone thought that they, you know, they're actually not allowed out of their house at all and the the message was quite confusing to people yeah so i think people panicked and thought well if i'm not allowed out of my house at all i better go get all the toilet paper and all the you know all the milk that i can drink and and all that sort of stuff and all the flour so i can start making baked goods uh then eventually i don't think the reason why we've seen any of that stuff now is because you know our brightest minds that are in charge have said, yes, you can go to the grocery store to get your stuff. So I think everyone sort of chilled out. And, yeah. So now I'm going to... Do you have any shout-outs you want to give this week? Or Any shout-outs? Yeah. Well, I, uh, not to shout-out another um, another podcast, but um, the Airheads podcast, uh, Leroy Brown had me on. Uh, a week or so ago, uh, and yourself was probably much involved in getting me on there. So that was that was a lot of fun. So go listen to that um, after you listen to this. Go listen to that. Give that podcast a listen as well. Putting yeah. out the good vibes there of of you know when other people get shouted out. Hopefully some come back in return. Yeah, Airheads is I must say it a really good podcast. I listen to it all the time. I get like where I get like some IDs. Yeah. For what I for what I do on like internet radio and whatnot. But now that uh, and like with what you were sharing about scheduling, 
I I'm probably gonna use some of that now when I'm doing my own program when I schedule yeah. my own own music into the program I use. Yeah, well, see, just going back to that scheduling thing, um, sometimes you can go a little bit crazy um, with your categories that you apply to the songs that you have because you can break down, you know, you can break down a song so many different ways and then if you implement too many rules, it can be, then it becomes almost impossible to schedule an hour. So you've got to put in a couple, but you can't make it too many. You've, got to make, you've just got to come up with just enough that um, makes scheduling an hour of music uh, challenging, but not not uh, impossible. And before I forget, you can also check out Brian Madigan on his own podcast. Yeah, we have a podcast. It's it's in a bit of a hiatus at the moment, and um, once the uh, hiatus is done, I will address that on the own on. Uh, on our own podcast but uh if you want to go check out some previous episodes um it's on spotify apple and all that sort of stuff it's called buer media b-e uh b-u-e-r media b-u-e-r media and they have set it up a really good way different to other podcasts yeah and it's on it's on youtube as well but uh if if you're into the audio version only spotify uh apple and iheart and pretty much any of the um, audio platforms have it too. Thank you for joining me today, Brian. It's been awesome to have you again. No, man, thanks for having me. appreciate it. Until next time, I've been Forkman. He's been... Yeah, you can call me Madigan. And stay safe. Take care.